Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mike Armstrong podcast show. And uh, this afternoon, I'm joined by Mark Iannaccio, um, and uh, he's a financial advisor. We're going to have a little chat about uh, business and, and uh, lockdown networking, all that sort of thing. How are you doing today, Mark? You okay? I'm very good, thank you. After the weekend, had a very restful weekend. Thanks. That's good, that's good. Um, yeah, I managed to um, enjoy a bit of the weather as well myself, although I had quite a bit of work uh, on as well. My my weekends are pretty similar to my weekdays, just slightly easier, like, you know, slightly not, not as tough. But I work seven days a week. I know the feeling. And, you know, because yeah. I enjoy what I do every day anyway, so I just, uh, I enjoy it and I do it on the weekends too. Yeah, that's known as a vocation rather yes. than a job. Yes, definitely. Well, I love podcasting and I, I, I podcast on the weekend more on my own than with other people, although if other people want to come on on the weekends, then I will. But um, yeah, yeah, and obviously every day I exercise as well. So I do that. I do a little bit more of that on the weekend than I do in the week. But my routine is pretty similar whatever day of the week it is. I, I enjoy every day and every day is another day to, uh, to have a great time. Oh, it's great to have a routine. I totally agree with you, Mike. My weekends are generally spent chilling out everything but work i mean sometimes it creeps in you can't help yourself can you but my weekend i just like to vegetate <laughs> i'd like to do more reading but it's usually catching up with my wife on our um, uh, netflix we're currently on house of cards i think we're up to season five so we try and get you know um, a binge in during the weekend yeah, well, I usually, I usually, you know, watch a bit of TV late at night because I'm a night owl anyway. So I'll, I'll have an hour or two as I'm winding down, you know, between 10 and 12, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I'm watching a series called Heroes at the moment on Netflix, which is quite good. And, oh, uh, fantastic. I saw it when it first came out. Where are you up to? Yeah, I'm up to, uh, I just started uh, series two. Right, okay. Oh, it's, it's great. Quite quirky, quite yes. weird, quite out there, but at the same time. You can't help yourself. You keep going back, don't you? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, but the sort of stuff I like to do on the weekend, which is like going exercising and reading books or watching TV, I, I do most days anyway. So I just mm-hmm. I just do the same on the weekend. It's just my daily routine is, is, is what I want to do when I want to do it most days anyway. Like, you know, I love chatting with people on the, on the podcast. As you know, I'm a big networker. I do a lot of networking events and we met our online networking. Um, yeah. So, so for me, podcasting and doing what I'm doing now, zooming is is just following up in networking, but recording it at the same time, so I can use it for my content uh, too. Like you know, so it's just more efficient. And um, yeah, and the first place I usually like to start when I get people on my podcast, because of the lockdown, is you know all encompassing, and it's been uh, you know. Uh, front front of stage for a long time. I usually like to ask people how the lockdown has actually been for them, and have they done any particular pivoting in in that time? So, uh, how has it been for you? Well, to start with lockdown, you just thought, well, we go with the flow. But as it went on and on, you know, it did start to um, it did start to affect. You know, you hear a lot of people uh, saying it's affecting their mental well-being. I can certainly understand that. And part of my role as a financial advisor, looking after my clients, is making contact with them, uh, making sure that they're they're okay, answering any questions, any concerns they may have about their uh, financial plans we've put in place. And of course, there was a time for an awful lot of concern. So I would generally reassure a lot of my clients by simply focusing on the plan that we started with. 
I mean, some of these plans are three, four, five plus years in place. And emphasizing the fact that unless there's been a change to that plan, so it could have been putting something in place for retirement, could be putting some savings in place for children's further education. Um, so, so long as the plan hadn't altered or changed, I would go about reassuring my clients that this pandemic, when you put it on the map of world events, it's just another item. Call it stuff. I mean, I like to look back at financial history, uh, something I, I, I just enjoy. Uh, many, of, many of us, I'm sure many of the people who will listen to this will remember the uh, technology bubble of 2000. As we led up to 2000, the global economy was doing exceptionally well, buoyed by property uh, prices increasing. And then there was a fear from governments, from large institutions, that come the turn of the century, the computer systems, all the computers, PCs that we all rely on, the clocks within them wouldn't recognize um, the change in date and will revert to zero, zero, zero. So of course, governments, uh, corporates, all the infrastructure was on IT, information technology. In fact, I had a couple of the clients, perhaps over a five year period, um, they gave up their jobs, became uh, taking on contracts, and became literally millionaires over that period of time because of the work, the demand for their services. But guess what happened? At the turn of the century, you know, one second past midnight in the year 2000, the earth continued to revolve around the sun. There was a fear that planes would fall out of the sky, traffic lights wouldn't work, but life carried on as normal. So typical herd mentality was governments, corporates, scaled back on all that spending, all that infrastructure, and that is essentially what led the economy spiraling downwards. But money is a fluid thing. Money has to find a way, and money found its way into property. So hence, early 2000, you saw an even bigger spike in the increase in property values. I know from personal experience, we bought our house, the house we're currently living in, we bought that in 2001. And within 12 months, or just after 12 months, we had a revaluation. And our property had increased by over £100,000 just in the space of 12 months. So that's what was happening in the economy. So going back to what I was saying, um, back to your question in terms of this lockdown, it's reassuring people that during, over a period of time, stuff happens. Whether it's local economics, maybe on a global scale. 2008, we had the credit crunch. Things will always happen. But guess what? The earth will continue to revolve around the sun. We will move on. We'll get through whatever crisis and move on to the next crisis. There will be another crisis. The difference we don't know, I still haven't got a crystal ball in some 26 years of giving financial services. What we don't know is the length of any issue, pandemic or otherwise, and how quickly we'll come out and when the next one will occur. But life goes on, if you get my point. Yeah, definitely. And uh, actually, what, what I've started to see the trends in myself is that everything's going to take much longer because now they don't they don't 
rip the plaster off, if you like, the sticky plaster. They sort of like, you know, take it off very, very slowly with, um, with um, you know, low interest rates and everything else. So, so often these things just go on forever. So I think it may well be that I don't think we'd, we'd fully recovered from um, the, the uh, credit crunch. Um, well, this pandemic uh, took place, you know, maybe a couple of years, in, in, you know, but for, for about 10 years, to 20, uh, 2008 to 2018, maybe um, it was just a long plateau, slow, so slow development on beyond it. And I think this pandemic will be, you know, the same for the next 10 years. It's just going to be a slow, slow, slow work work our way out of it like you know so the only time i think we'll ever really get into a real fast boom period again i think is if the next big thing whatever that is doesn't come along otherwise it's just we're always going to be in this slow sort of plateau for, for, for as long as i can see you know because just everyone's just in constant debt the interest rates have to stay constantly low and savers don't really get their money so they've got to put their money into other things property or, or whatever and uh, and i think this is the the norm now like the norm is that these things are just going to keep coming so we're going to have like dip, dips and then slow builds and then a dip again and a slow build and a dip and a slow build and that is the norm <laughs> that's what i think life looks like from now on it's quite interesting what you say there mike and yes i certainly agree with a great part of that but quite interestingly after the credit crunch of 2007 and bearing in mind when the issues surrounding the credit crunch actually occurred, we in the general public, let's say, we're the last to know. So by the time we get that information, the damage is already done and the markets have already packed it, on, packed it in and moved on. But what I love to do is delve into the detail. We get a headline, for example, credit crunch, you know, banking crisis, whatever. What I like to do is delve into the detail as to what caused it, what precipitated it. I'm a big believer in accountability. That's something we don't see a great deal of. But interesting to what you said, after the credit crunch, it was about 2007, 2008, by 2010, 2011, markets had already returned. When I say markets, that's a generalism for, you know, stocks and shares globally, not just UK, because what happens in the US, what happens in China, what happens in Russia, does have, and what happens in Europe, because don't forget we've gone through Brexit, yeah. all has an effect on us. It's just how much of it we see, how much of it gets reported. So interestingly, by 2010, 2011, financial markets had recovered beyond the levels they were prior to the, to the credit crunch. So in other words, if you had stayed in the market prior to credit crunch, then you saw a massive drop. And what happens is a lot of people panic when they see their funds, their investments dropping, and they panic and they sell off. Of course, then we call that crystallizing a loss. But if you'd stayed put by about 2010, 2011, you were back beyond where you were prior to the crash. Yeah. So things happen all the time. It's just Okay, just get, okay, it's a case of my job, understanding and relaying to my clients exactly what's going on. And yes, you also mentioned interest rates. We have bumbled a lot along for quite some time now. We use that phrase unprecedented. I think it's so worn out now. We've bumbled along with low interest rates for so, so long. But the reasoning behind that is certainly with us in the UK, we are a nation of home owners. So many of us have this thing called mortgages which is just a loan for house purchase so we are a nation of debt of debtors and if the government 
or let's say the Bank of England, who are responsible for interest rates, if they did increase interest rates beyond what is beyond the current levels, I was about to say beyond what's reasonable, because I don't believe current rates are reasonable. If they did increase it beyond the current rate, then it affects the vast majority of people like you and I with mortgages. And if you're old enough, Mike, to remember, as I am, back in 1988, when the then Chancellor of the Exchequer, Nigel Lawson, increased interest rates to 15%. And that was buoyed off the back of the abolition of double tax relief for home purchase. I know because during that year, my wife and I, but we, were, we weren't married at the time, um, we were engaged, we bought our first home, it was a flat in Hampshire, um, and we missed double tax relief by about one week. So of course, that sent the economy spiraling. People, like my wife and I, were thinking, if we didn't get on the housing ladder, we'd never do it, we'd never do it. Then you cast your mind back to the 70s, and I remember my father, I was too young to understand what was going on, but my father would say, things are really tough, or we couldn't do this, we couldn't spend on that. But then you look at the recession of the 70s, then obviously the, the late 80s, and back then recessions, which used to have the definition of three consecutive months of negative growth, were cyclical, well it still is cyclical, but that cycle was typically 10 yearly. Every decade we'd see some massive event like a recession. I think with the modern day, present time, because that information flows so quickly, through the internet, we get that information so much, so much quicker. So therefore, if there's something happens across the globe, somewhere in China or somewhere in the Middle East, we know we have that information and it affects markets. And what markets don't like is they don't like uncertainty. So we might have little mini recessions uh, or little peaks and little troughs. We have it more frequently. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you sparked me off there on something, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but no, it's interesting though, because like you say, yeah, you know, our, the financial institutions that caused the global credit crunch were all, you know, having their bonuses and all sorted a year later. But the 10 years of, of, of if you like, us slowly climbing out wasn't really a reference to the markets, but really more the general population, you know, the, the banking institutes yeah. and other was, was over it quite quickly. But actually, the, yeah. the economy and the general, like, for example, in real terms, wages and earnings have been down probably since the 2008 crash because costs have kept going up. But real-time earnings haven't gone up since 2008. They, they stopped at, at that level and they've, they, they've frozen at that level ever since, really. You know, small increases yeah. or whatever, but they haven't gone up anywhere near some people's real earnings if you like have gone have gone less and less and less over the last 10 years and they're probably going to go less and less and less because costs will keep going up but their earnings will stay frozen again for the next 10 years so actually people are, are getting worse and worse well off really mike it's it's i mean to to, to, to be in government and especially in finance uh, for the government is such a thankless task it makes you wonder sometimes why uh, MPs and government officials fight so hard to stay in the positions they are but to try and run the economy what a thankless task you mentioned in inflation you mentioned wage increases well inflation and interest rates are so closely correlated if you have high interest rates you will get inflation because interest rates means that it basically means that we'll have to earn more to service that debt we have, for example, mortgages, car loans, whatever, uh, home improvement loans. 
So when the interest rate increases, we have less of our hard-earned money through wages to service that debt. So therefore, we have to have inflation. We have to have wage increase. So whilst inflation remains low, it means that um, uh, inflation will also remain low and the cost of goods will remain relatively low. But in real terms, when you look at it, five years ago, were you able to do the things more easily five years ago than you are now in terms of going out for a meal, going to the cinema, pre-lockdown pre now, of course, you know. So when you look at that, you have to look at your standard of living and generally our standard of living does go up. Wealth does increase. And then I could go on to talk more about, you know, the silver servers, you know, our parents, where that wealth is concentrated. It's actually been stated uh, now that our children's generation for the first time will be worse off than their parents' generation. So hence why you see, you hear that term quite a lot, the bank of mum and dad, um, helping out our children. I know I've helped my children, my son out last year, helping him to fund a deposit towards his house purchase, because otherwise he couldn't have done it. He just couldn't have done it himself. So there's an awful lot going on. There's an awful lot of factors going on. And that's my yeah, job. You know, every generation for a while has got better and better and better and more well off. But I think, you know, because of the global credit crunch and this pandemic now, I think this is this is the, the, the reverse of that trend for a while and how long it lasts, who knows, but it's going to last a while. Probably, probably yeah. you know, our children's children's generations, at least, like, you know, paying all of this off, like, you know. Quite possibly. We haven't even talked about um, the, 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 you know, the environment, you know, global warming. That seems to have all taken a bit of a back burner. So, yeah, there's an awful lot of dynamics going on. So my job is to help my clients, yeah. you know, um, build a financial plan, help them identify what their objectives may be, and then to prioritise. I mean, most people will know what they would like to achieve, you know. Um, articulating it may not always be easy, but once they know what their objectives are, I help them actually lay a plan to meet those objectives. Um, if I ask you, you know, um, in 10 years time, where would you like to be in terms of lifestyle and your finances? What would you say? Well, um, 10 years time, probably, uh, probably I'd like to be running uh, a company um, with lots of staff, probably ten years' time. So, uh, getting getting closer to the stage where I'm thinking about um, probably in a in a five five year period, thinking about how I can go retire to the sun and uh, manage okay. somebody to run my business for me, so I could live off that. But you know, so that's fantastic, absolutely great. So we've got a like a ten year plan. In fact, stretch that to a fifteen year plan uh, uh, after which you've looked at, to retire. So where you are now, identifying where you are now, to where you want to get to, that is what I do for my clients. Help them understand that, um, prioritize that, and then lay the foundations towards the plan. So if I asked you, Mike, in 15 years time when you plan to retire, how much of your current income that you receive now would you want to keep in retirement? Um. For me at the moment, uh, I'm too busy building my business to worry about that, you know, so I'm, uh, I, I got big ambitions for, for, for becoming a global speaker. And if I make it to that, then I, at that point, I'll be earning the income I, I want to, to do what I want to do with, with it then. Like, you know, so there are lots of plans, okay. but uh, some of it requires, 
so some of the, so my plans would be to get to where I want to get to first, and then decide what to do with the the income when I get there. Like you know. Okay. All right. So that's another discussion as to where you want to get to. Let's just imagine if you were there today. So if fast forward 15 years and you're at that point where you hope to be, yeah. what would your income and re retirement look like? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, depends on depends on at that time where you'd want to live. You know, how often you want a holiday. Um, you know, all those sort of things. You know, there's. Uh, Choices to, to to make depending on how much money you can put aside, you know, for for a decent life. You know, you've got to work out um, from your retirement age uh, how long you're going to live on, on average, roughly, um, and then work out, you know, what your standard of living is. Have you got a mortgage still? If you haven't got a mortgage, uh, how often you want to get away? You know, where you're living? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I want to probably go somewhere in the sun. Like uh, my mum lives in Turkey. Um, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to go to Turkey, I don't think, but I'd want to go somewhere warm. And then it's like, how many times do you want to come back to the UK? Do you keep somewhere on in the UK? Don't you keep somewhere on okay. in the UK? There's a lot, there's yeah, a lot yeah. of... Um, so quite, a lot, quite a lot going on there, Mike. There's a lot of so that's the one thing. Yeah, that's, that's, so I would take you down, if we were having a financial review plan, is we'd look to, you know, put all these things down, all these objectives. You know, you mentioned Turkey, family out there. Would I have a mortgage? Well, it would be ideal to not have a mortgage as you enter retirement. So mortgage is done. So to plot all these things down and then actually see what it looks like. And you might surprise yourself that you might be quite a long way down that road already. Or conversely, we've got a long way to go. So what well, I've got a long way to, to go. About? I have because uh, I, had a divorce. <laughs> I had a divorce about eight, eight years ago and that wiped me out. I had to Ooh. start again. Uh, Oh, I know somebody who can help you with that <laughs> within the intrabiz group. Yes, I know somebody who can help you. Yes, but sorry uh, to hear that, Mike. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was yes, a bit, a bit right, late for it? me now. I could have done with Dems uh, work at the time. But, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, yeah, for me, like uh, I, I give up most of my equity and, and, and all of that in my house to my uh, ex-wife and to the kids. Right. So, so that they're sorted, if you like, you know, but I got to start again, like, you know, I had to start again. So start again. So, yeah. So okay. Yeah. But that's why I'm on a mission to become a global speaker because I can accelerate, I can fast track. If I can get my uh, income up to a global speaker level rather than a, yeah. a, a UK service provider level, which is where I'm at now, <laughs> then you're looking at a completely different, you know, it's a bit like, um, you know, it's a bit like, um, if you're a theatre worker in the in, in, in the new theatre in Cardiff, or you're a Hollywood mm -hmm. actor, yeah, yeah, one earns yeah, a lot more yeah. than the other. Absolutely. Yeah. But the important thing, though, Mike, I get it. The important thing is you've got the vision, yeah, yeah. and you and it sounds to me like you've got the ambition. I've got the activity and the action, which is the most important thing, because yeah. the vision's good, but you've got to then put it into action. You've got to do the activity. Exactly. And that's what I would help you do is actually plot out what that action uh, looks like. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, one vital aspect of what I do for my clients is we hold reviews, a minimum annual reviews. Because if you've got a plan, if you've got a, a plan of action in place, how will you assess whether it's working, whether you're on course or not? So having yearly reviews, minimum yearly reviews. To ensure that you're on track and as you know 
life gets in the way, things happen. So if you need to alter, it's important to ensure that that plan of action is as flexible as can be so that you can make changes and alterations along the way. So once we make a plan, I, I, I would say the worst thing is to have it so rigid so that events can knock you off track. So it oh, needs yeah. to be flexible. Yeah. yeah, I think everything in life, you know, the, the best attribute in life is adaptability, flexibility. Indeed. The ability to Indeed. be able to deal with whatever comes your way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, so so my my plan is is to get up to that top speaker level and then do what Grant Cardona done in the last ten years and that's invest a lot in real estate and property doing real doing big big property developments. Yeah, well, you've often heard me say that when it comes to you know sort of building wealth, one of the reasons we build wealth is so we can spend larger later or perhaps fund our retirement. And uh, and as you probably know that you know. A male, female that retires, reaches age 65, has probably got a life expectancy of another 30, 40 years. Okay, so we're living longer. The facts are there. Um, we're living longer, and there isn't enough of a workforce to sustain state benefits as we used to know. So things like the old age state pension. By the time you and I come to retire, it may not be what it is today. And we've seen over the years. The various changes and all the ways. It keeps getting pushed back, don't it? So it keeps getting yeah, pushed back. So by the time I'm ready to retire, you know, it might be too yeah. early. You know, it might be too mm -hmm. early because it's getting, it's getting pushed back ten years every so ten years. Well, the crucial thing, the crucial thing about that, Mike, is understanding why, because it's it's not sustainable as yeah. it is, and it's not the government being mean and not wanting to pay. It just isn't sustainable as we're living longer. We have to be maintained for longer. Because yeah, before it used, to be, uh, it used to be 40 years work, 10 years retirement, but now it's like, you know, 40 <laughs> years work and then 30, 40 years retirement as, as long as you, you're alive. You know. You're absolutely right. Absolutely right. So it's important to have sufficient income to sustain that period if you want a reasonable lifestyle in retirement, if you still want to take breaks, maybe run a car uh, in retirement. Um, live in a reasonable home so oh, all those factors are so important absolutely yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah, definitely mm. right brilliant so uh, so obviously you've gone through all the different ways that you can help people with what you do how do people get in touch with you if they want to um, if they want to work with you mark well telephone i'm accessible by telephone and my mobile number um we have an email address which is mark dot moi at sjpp .co.uk and I've got a website www.moifc.co.uk which is just a, a MOI is the company name and Financial Consulting Limited so yeah. www.moifc.co.uk okay good and I'm also on LinkedIn I'm on Facebook and um, yep yep we, we've got a Twitter account as well so all the various uh, uh, platforms we're available there. Do they find you as Mark Ianacho or do they find you as uh, MOI or, or what? Uh, or MOI Financial Consulting yeah, is probably okay. the easiest way. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, yeah. brilliant. And obviously, we met online at uh, uh, Intrabiz, which is uh, Wales and, and the Southwest Networking. Do you yeah. um, belong to any other networks in, in the Southwest or, or just this one? 
that you just joined? Just, just this one. It's my first foray into networking. Um, and we're looking to expand the business now. Uh, we've taken uh, new premises. We took new premises last year in the St. Mellon's Business Park. Okay. Um, my company is affiliated with St. James's Place. So we have a regional office in the centre of Cardiff overlooking the, uh, the castle. Um, so we're looking to expand um, and we have planned to take on another advisor. But of course, we have a lockdown issue. So as we're gradually easing out of lockdown, then you know we'll re re-engage those plans to take on another an additional advisor. We have um, we have two um, assistants. We have uh, Jade in the office who takes care of everything office related, and uh, we have my wife who also works part time at the company who looks after stationery and all procurement. Um, so I have uh, some fantastic people that uh, that I couldn't do without. Yeah, yeah and of course. The support of a FTSE 100 organisation behind me for things like compliance, because um, you know you always have to, uh, you know, I use that phrase, who 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 checks what I'm doing is appropriate. So St James's Place employ compliance uh, department, and on top of that, we have a hundred percent guarantee on the advice that we give. So we're the only, we're quite unique in the UK in terms of guaranteeing the advice. So if I gave you a piece of advice and it subsequently turned out to be inappropriate, no quibble, no qualms. We'd refund you and make sure you were back in your original position you were. Any losses, we bear ourselves. Not many organizations can offer that. No, 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 it's very good. Yeah, I know a few people uh, uh, who work uh, backed by, uh, by St. James's Place. So, uh, you know, I know they're a good, uh, good company. And so you, you're going to be travelling back and forth to Cardiff more than now. We've got the St. Mellon's office. Well, I, I mean, <laughs> I laugh because you talk about being fit and doing exercises daily. It's, um, it's rumoured that I could actually walk from home to the office, but the chances are, no. It might rain. Something might happen. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> the funny thing is I used to be very much into keep fit. I played football to a reasonable level, athletics to a reasonable level, but oh, all that was like a lifetime ago. So presently, I enjoy a bit of golf. Um, after I had a knee ligament operation back in 2004, somebody introduced me to golf, and I've been in agony ever since. So um, yes, <laughs> I do. I do enjoy playing golf and playing different courses. Um, play a little bit of chess from time to time. Uh, would love to read more. And then the rest of the time, my wife and I just enjoy going out for meals and travelling. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, what would you like to read more? Uh, what sort of books would you like reading? Oh, uh, I'd say the last book that I read, um, and it's going back quite some time now, I really enjoy because I, I will start a book, and if it doesn't grasp me immediately, then... Uh, but it was a Dan Brown. It was um, uh, all the Dan, Dan Brown series. Yeah. Um, the, uh, another book I was recently introduced to was, uh, the author was Joseph Haller, Caps 22, yeah. which um, uh, it just had me in stitches, literally. I was laughing so hard at the genius quality of that author. Um, so, so yeah, I, I do like a lot of science fiction. Um, I am do you have a, any personal yeah. development books as well? Because I, I, I read and mostly listen to an audio yeah. version of personal development books. Yes, 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 I do. Um, there's a, there's a, a, a Paul Thomas who um, does quite a lot on LinkedIn. 
um, Dan Sullivan, who has his head offices in Toronto in Canada, and I did, went on his coaching courses a few years back, um, and I was actually traveling once a quarter to Toronto for his, um, his, his coaching skills. Absolutely fabulous. So, yes, there are a few. And I wish I did more, but it's finding that time. It's finding that precious time. As far as self-development, well, as a qualified uh, professional financial advisor, I am required to, uh, to undertake continuous professional development. Yeah, which yeah. is uh, a, a minimum of uh, 30 hours a year um, uh, structured. Um, so exams and things like that will qualify as well as internal examinations to ensure that um, I'm competent. Yeah, I've listened to quite a lot of uh, audio books during the lockdown. I think I've probably listened to about between 10 and 12, something like that. I think I've done three Brian Tracy's books and, you know, <laughs> Uh, the psychology of the sales, the psychology of success, and uh, was it mil millionaire mindset? I think something like that. Oh wow! Oh wow! I wish I had. I I I would love to spend more time, or, or, you know, reading uh, and doing that sort of thing. But my day, unfortunately, when when I do tend to finish, um, whichever time it is, because I'm very dependent on my clients, their needs, <laughs> calls, what have you. Then in the of an evening, we'll generally have our meal. Um, maybe watch an episode of something and uh, the news, catch the headlines, and then that's it. You know, I, I'm, I'm of that age now where I have to have a minimum of eight hours, otherwise I don't function. <laughs> yeah, love. yeah, it's just because I've been exercising twice a day. I'm out for 45 minutes at a time twice a day, so I'm doing at least an hour and a half a day of, uh, of audiobook listening, like, you know, which means uh, you'll get through oh, wow. quite, quite a bit, like, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how long have you been doing that regime? Since the, of, since the beginning of lockdown, really. I've been exercising twice a day right. since the beginning of lockdown. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, reading uh, reading or listening to at least 10 pages from a book, but, but usually a lot more than that. You know, hour and a half of, of audio book uh, gets, uh, you know, you can do uh, quite a lot of uh, content in, in that time. I've, I've gone through... Right. Um, I've gone through, like I say, three Brian Tracy books. I've gone through Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Think and Grow Rich, Eat That Frog, actually the fourth, fourth Brian Tracy book. Um, mm -hmm. What else have I done? I've done um, uh, 10X, Grant Cardone. Um, All right, all right. The Magic of Thinking Big, David Swartz. Uh, mm -hmm. I do a lot, because not only do I do the audio books as well, but listen to quite a lot of audio as well on YouTube. Right, right, right. Or Les Brown's one, something power, find your power or something. Les Brown. Right, right, right. Yeah, and quite a lot of Les Brown talks because I want to become a global mm -hmm. speaker. So, you know, I've been listening right. to a, a lot of these guys are great speakers as well, you know, and they have good content. So also uh, on my podcast, I record um, a morning motivation and I do personal development as well. So the best things that I um remember from the day before that i learned i'll usually put some of that on my on my podcast wow wow that that is disciplined but what, what about as, as far as doing the fitness regime how 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 do you feel now compared to pre-lockdown i feel great i feel the fittest i think i've ever felt in my life and i used to be a fit kid yeah, but, uh, yeah, yeah. I feel the same as like I used to when i was a kid but what, what i realized is so i'm very i was very sporty as a child and I was always out doing exercise. I got a lot of energy and I was just out loving life, playing sports and just, you know, doing lots of adventures and whatever. And then as an adult, I always tried to, to keep a bit of that in 
So I've always done a bit of five-a-side yeah. football or five-a-side rugby or whatever. Maybe get out and mm-hmm. have walks or ride on my bike or whatever. But I've always done it a bit here and there because I've always prioritised either work in a career or building yeah. my business in, in, in my life. Um, but then with the lockdown, I thought, you know what, there's a chance now. Um, there's a killer bug out there. So, you know, this is the best time to be as fit as you possibly can be. Plus also, yeah. is more time in my schedule now than there has ever been as an adult. I'm with you. Because of the yeah, lockdown yeah. has created all of this extra time where you're not travelling back and forth and whatever. So I was like, well, yeah, yeah. the incentive was there to do it. I've always loved exercise, but it's one of those things I've always just... Gone, oh, I, I haven't got time to make it to the gym today, you know, or whatever. I haven't got time to get out on the bike or whatever. So easily done. Because I've had other priorities. So in the lockdown, I yeah. made it a priority. And so I'm mm-hmm. I'm as fit as I've been in a long time. And, you know, and I just, I feel healthy. I feel fit. But it's more, I, I'm, I'm very busy all the time anyway. But I think I'm even busier now. Like, you know, I've got the energy. I've always had the energy anyway. But I just, I don't know. I just yeah. feel I feel good, but at the same time, I'm learning a lot because the exercise is going in with the audio books and the listening as well. So I look That's forward to going to do out and doing my ride. You know, where, even if the yeah. weather's not very nice, I look forward to going out on my bike because it's just I like I like I'm in a routine now. I'm doing it every day, twice a day. So sometimes I go on yeah. my bike twice a day, and uh, yeah. sometimes I'll I'll do weights in the house once and to go on the bike once. You know, but no, actually, since, okay. since about two and a half, three months into doing my own routine at the start of lockdown, um, which was very similar. I've actually taken up a 75-day challenge, which is called Hashtag 75 Hard. Oh, it's wow. It's reading 10 pages of book, uh, a, a book a day, uh, two forms of exercise, being on a diet, drinking a gallon of water, and no alcohol. <laughs> so I've got a week left of that. I've been, so I've been doing that for a week, but I was almost already doing that myself in lockdown. So I was doing, yeah, yeah. Actually, I was doing a bit more exercise myself because I was doing normally two half hours a day and an hour on my bike, two half hours of, 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 of weight and an hour on my bike. So I was doing two hours of exercise. Now I'm only doing an hour and a half. Um, and, yeah. and obviously I was drinking, but I was only drinking on a Friday or Saturday night and only a can or two. Whereas now I have been drinking for 75 days. I was doing, now I'm, I'm doing the audio book and the reading and stuff. But then I was doing a lot of courses at the start of lockdown. There was just loads of courses everywhere, wasn't there? So I was doing a lot of YouTube and, and webinars and, and all of that. So, mm. so that's why I found the 75 day challenge quite easy because I was already doing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the only thing was different when I was doing it. There were some slight differences in the routine, but um, also I would have a Sunday off now and then or whatever, like you know. Whereas in this seventy-five day challenge, there's no time off; it's every day. So every day for me. So where are you? What's where that? are you in the seven? Where are you in the seventy-five day challenge? I'm on challenge? about 70, 71, I think something like that. Okay. So the question then is, what's the challenge beyond? The 75 day challenge. So actually, what I'm going to do, so what, well done, you're the first person to ask me that. I actually don't talk about this to everybody, but I think with us, we're trying right. to get to know each other as well as network and, and, and promote your business as well. Um, indeed, indeed. But um, yeah, so, so I, what I'm probably going to do, so I love the challenge and I'm probably going to do it forever going forward or, or for as long as yeah. I decide that I want to. So what I like about the challenge is I don't like the no drinking at all. So I, I want to have a drink oh. on a Friday or a Saturday night. So I'm probably going to start drinking. Absolutely. Again. 
yeah, yeah. but there yeah. are only just very little and often anyway which is what i was doing before the 75 day challenge so i'm just going to carry yeah. on doing that little 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 friday and saturday night tip on now and then i don't have a can or yeah. two a cider or whatever but i just like a little tip mm-hmm. on now and then and, and i like yeah. at the moment I, I don't i'm not doing any socializing with anyone because socializing to me is always go to the pub and have a pint so i'm just clear right. of yeah. all of that at the moment so i'll change yeah. that and just have the odd the odd cider with somebody in a meeting type environment yeah um, yeah, yeah. And then, and then I'm probably not going to do the two exercises a day, but I'm going to do one hour instead of two forty-five minutes. Yeah. yeah. But with an hour and a half, maybe on the weekends. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm also going to have the odd day off on a Sunday, so I might do the seven-day routine if I feel like yeah. it. But I want to have the occasional, you know, Sunday when I just chill out and don't do much. And that's the thing with exercises um, and similar to diet you know we we, we go all all in and yeah. then sometimes your body will tell you hey i can't sustain this or you feel bad and you feel oh i'm missing a bit of drink and all the rest and i just say you know just a bit of everything but in moderation yeah. like you said yeah, yeah. with a drink you the, know, diet, the diet has bit. been easy for me really because 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 you had to yeah. just be on a diet it was your diet of your choice so the diet of my mm-hmm. choice was just eat three meals a day yeah with yeah. I mean, no goodies like you know what i mean so it's just three healthy well-balanced meals per day yeah mm. and then nothing else mm. and i've actually found that quite easy yeah no snacks i've had no crisps no chocolate no cake no, no nothing of what, what people would pass as goodies i've had none of that for seven but do you but do you miss it no I tell really? you what I miss, right? So, so, so I used to buy myself. I like. I'm not a massive cake and chocolate person, anyway. Yeah, but I do right, like right. Um, sweets. You know, like Harry Bow type sweets, that sort of thing. So I would buy myself <laughs> like a couple of packs of them for the weekend. You know, just to enjoy on a Friday right. night on a weekend. Yeah. And We're getting into deep detail person. now, aren't we? Huh? <laughs> Harry Bow. You're a Harry Bow man. Okay. I love I Harry Bow. I, I love sour <laughs> sweets. You know that sour sweet. Uh, so I love the Harry Bow sour. Wonder- and that sort of stuff. I wonder how many other people know about your Haribo Probably issue. not many. Not probably not many, but I don't mind. Lots of people are going to know now. But I, I buy a lot of those. Um, you know, they, if they haven't got Haribos in the supermarkets, they have like sweets for kids, but they like uh, sours and stuff. Yeah. Like quite yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. They're my little treat, yeah. you know. But actually, I've, I've done fine without them, like, you know what I mean? I just, mm. it's nice to give yourself a little treat when you worked hard all week. Absolutely. Absolutely. What about um, over the period? Has there been any change, fluctuation in weight? Obviously, now you're yeah, doing a seventy-five day challenge. I lost a bit of weight, you know, like a stone or something. I think, but because I've been doing right. a lot of weights and working out and stuff, and I've been riding a bike as well, I've done more. Mm-hmm. I've done more um, sort of uh, what do they call it? Uh, anaerobic exercise than aerobic, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Um, so I have lost weight, but I've mostly just toned up and, and just put muscle on. I've got, I've got quite a lot of mm. sort of shoulder muscle and, and arm. You know, my yeah. arms are probably... And important, and the important thing is you feel, you feel a lot better for it, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, 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 didn't, I, don't want, I didn't do it to lose weight, really. I quite like being a, I'm a rugby player, not a footballer. You know what right, I mean? I used right, to be a right, number right. eight. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. for me, I, I'd rather be like 16, 17 stone fit. And then like 12, 13, 14 stone, you know, skinny, mm-hmm. but yeah, fit. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, I'd rather be big and fit, if you like, you know, that's just more, Absolutely. Suits, my, suits my style and the way I am, like, you know. It's that thing about well-being, and if you're comfortable with it and you're happy with it, then 
that that makes the world of difference yeah. you know it does make the world of difference and i speak from some experience because i mentioned to you you know you used to be uh into competitive athletics so i always thought you know when i was running when i was competing and i was doing 400 meters i always constantly at 12 stones and i kept thinking to myself if i could get down to 11 stones that would be my ideal running weight i'd be carrying less weight and you know as a result moving a bit quicker yeah. uh, it never happened and then when i finished athletics it was through injuries and what have you um i went back to football um, and i've been playing football before the athletics but didn't make it to the level i wanted to so kind of turned my back on football went into athletics and then through injuries i stopped at athletics and my weight went from 12 stones up to 15. Uh, and I, i'm talking probably nearly two decades ago when i stopped yeah. and since then i've sort of hovered around the 15 16 stone and it doesn't matter what i do so i kind of you know pretty much not given up but i don't let it worry me that much i i enjoy the things that i enjoy um you know you talked about your haribos pringles here pringles Is your pringle? <laughs> I, I, I don't mind <laughs> once they open the packet i cannot let it they're go they're the most addictive crisps are they once you open them you've got to sort of like shake them to the bottom get the last crisp out or you like you know, absolutely i like the barbecue <laughs> ones I like the barbecue ones but yeah we all have our little uh little treats but um but no I'm, I'm quite mentally tough and actually the 75 hard hashtag 75 hard is a mental toughness challenge it's not a fitness right. challenge or whatever it's just that's why most people find it difficult to do a diet but i'm doing a diet whilst not drinking alcohol whilst exercising twice a day whilst drinking a gallon of water and reading 10 pages mm -hmm. from a book an educational book every day it's the combination yeah. of the whole lot and for the 75 yeah. days not for 28 yeah. days or a month you know mm -hmm. sustain. i mean you, you, it's, it's amazing it's i mean what i mean discipline what you're doing is amazing but the the couple of dangers and this is what I like doing in terms of my job financial services I like to see those dangers ahead yeah. when the next one comes on a scene I think that would probably be you ruined Mike so beware beware when, when that when lady when, when the next lady comes along yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean don't yeah, you yeah, yeah yeah and then and then the other thing I wanted to get out of you, you still haven't answered the question what comes after the 75 day challenge yeah, actually, so, so so what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm going to do I'm going to keep going doing this challenge for as long as I can. So I'm going to see it up, see it for as long as I can. It's just I'm going to drop the seven, I'm going to drop the challenge down to an hour a day exercise instead of an hour and a half by yeah. two forty five minutes. That's what you yeah. mean. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so I'm just I'm just going to carry on. Actually, so so to me, see, you shouldn't have a diet or you shouldn't have a challenges or these sort of things. You've got to decide what you want out of life, and you've got to live a lifestyle that's going to achieve that. Yeah. So oh, I've done yeah. a lifestyle change. I've done a lifestyle change exactly. at the start of lockdown, and I'm going to keep mm -hmm. it on for as long as I can keep it on because I like the change. I like I like the fact that I'm now mentally tough. I've always been mentally tough, but I'm mentally tougher now than I was before yeah. doing this challenge. Yeah, and before Absolutely. lockdown, yeah? I'm also fitter and healthier now. And and, and so basically, what, what I found about the challenge is not really a mental toughness challenge because I'm mentally tough anyway. And I can do all of these things. I can do whatever I, I know I can do whatever I set my mind to do. I'm capable of doing the things that other people aren't capable of doing. That's why I got promoted nine times in six years in a corporate sales job. I know that I do things that other people don't do. 
You know what I mean? That's why I get promoted in all those times. I, I've always done it all my life. I used to be the fastest boy in junior school. You know, when I played for rugby, we won the League and Cup double. You know, I know what I'm capable of doing and what I can, you know, for three years that was the League and Cup double. I know what I'm capable of doing. And, and I know mm -hmm. if I set my, my mind to do something and I challenge myself to do it, I will do it because I'm stubborn. Yeah, right. and I won't give in until I do. Yeah. That's but not I a bad trait, is it? No, no, it's not a bad trait. But I've decided that in order for me to become a global speaker, this is the lifestyle I need. Yeah, sure. Yeah? sure. So, so it's, 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 it's all part of the process. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Which is why I'm going to continue it on after, you know. I, I, I created a, ha a happiness formula during lockdown, which includes, uh, it's called SMART, sleep, meditation, ability to perform, which is exercise, nutrition, and hydration, uh, random acts of kindness, and targets, SMART formula, yeah, to make you happy. Fantastic. And, I, and I, I'm going to, this is what I'm going to speak about on a global basis for the rest of my life. You know, when I become a global speaker is what I'm going to speak about. And I can't speak about mm -hmm. ability to perform, looking after your exercise, nutrition and hydration without doing it myself. Otherwise, I'm a hip hypocrite. Absolutely. No, I get that. I get that. Uh, Talk to me about the meditation. Yeah. So, 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 so before um, I come up with my formula, for, so the M in, in, in for meditation also um, can include mindfulness because... Basically, I listened to a, a, a talk from Jarek Robbins, son of Toby Robbins, during the early part of lockdown. And he has a five steps to happiness process, yeah? Which I was living at the time, because I was at the start of lockdown, and I was all of a sudden, I'd been doing most of those things in the smart formula most of my life, but mm -hmm. I, I let some of them go. And the, some, the, the ones I'd let go now and then was exercising every day, yeah? And, 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 and mindfulness or meditation. I would do them now and then, but not all the time. I would, that's why I would like to go out on my bike a lot of the time and do exercise, because I do a bit of mindfulness. You know, when my brain would sure, just settle sure. and chill out and stuff like that. Because yeah. I'm on the go all the yeah. time. So sometimes only yeah. when you go out for a walk or a ride does your brain get yeah. a chance to settle. But in the lockdown, so I was exercising every day, eating healthily, you know, not drinking alcohol, um, except maybe the odd can or two on a Friday or Saturday night at the start of lockdown. I was um, doing random acts of kindness. I was doing lots of goal achieving and goal setting. Yeah, so I was living the formula. And he came on and gave five steps to happiness, which was similar mm -hmm. to my formula. But my formula's got seven steps in it, not five. I just call it mm -hmm. smart, the five steps, because one of the steps, ability to perform, covers three things. Yeah? Mm -hmm. It covers mm -hmm. exercise, nutrition, and hydration. Yeah, which is what keeps you the ability to perform, keeps you sustained sure. and being able to keep going, yeah? So, Sustain, so, so, yeah. so we give five steps, and, I, and, and actually I thought about it, and I thought, I'm actually living that right now. But I disagreed with a couple of his points, because he had meditation mm -hmm. only, and I, had mind, I, I, I was doing mindfulness at the time, not meditation. So, so actually my M, I, I, I'm saying you don't need to meditate, you can also just do mindfulness or do one or, or the other, but you need to let your brain clear at some point throughout the day yeah, yeah? yeah. and then also so how do you yeah. differentiate how do you differentiate between mindfulness and meditation and meditation so meditation is when you um do the breathing exercises and, and, and actually go and concentrate for half an hour somewhere you know go through a type of meditation yeah i've got a friend who is um a psychic medium and she's got a, a meditation uh, video on her Facebook page, which I use that. I, so it's her talking me through the meditation, cleaning my brain, right. and cleaning my body. Right. And stuff. But before that, what, how I would class mindfulness is just when you give yourself time to contemplate, you give yourself contemplation time 
in your day, which which actually mm -hmm. for me can give you the same endorphins, the same hormone releases as meditation can. So 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 sometimes it's a bit like it's a bit like meditating on the move, if you like, you know, as so while you're doing something else, but not concentrating on that thing that you're doing. Interesting. I mean, I, I I'm interested in meditation, and for me, meditation um, is about allowing the subconscious through you know the iceberg theory you know 80 percent you know is of the iceberg is underwater yeah, yeah, you know yeah. that's the bulk of yeah. of, of the mind whilst our conscious brain is only a very small part yeah. so that's what i see meditation as and there's various techniques i don't know a lot because i have an interest um but i haven't delved into it a great deal uh, my hardest part in trying to meditate is keeping concentration you know so that is that silence you know and I don't know if you ever in trying to meditate concentrating on the silence so I've never tried to meditate on my own I only I'm new to meditation oh. since this formula and since listening to right. because I used to just do mindfulness but all the meditation I do is with with a friend of mine and her video so she's talking me through the meditation so I just concentrate on that and it works a treat for me. Right. It just—it's like a recalibration of my brain. It just when I when I you know like when you got so much going on that it's overwhelming. It's just a reset. It's a bit like turning the computer off, yeah, and putting it back yeah. on. You know when it's overloaded and Absolutely. nothing's working properly because it's all counteracting yeah. each other. You press the buttons too many times and it's all it's all conflicting. Yeah. That's what I see meditation a reset, like you know. So yeah. so I'm, I'm, and so I I'm always, that. yeah, and because I've always been high energy, I've always slept for seven and a half eight hours. You know, any rare will I, uh, I can survive fine on four hours, five hours, but I don't, I purposely let myself sleep till I need to. So I don't actually okay. use an alarm to wake up. Yeah. I just, mm -hmm. I, I just go to sleep until I'm ready to wake up. And that's always seven and a half or eight hours. You know, that's how long mm -hmm. I sleep for. I don't sleep for more. I don't sleep for less. Yeah. If I get disturbed or I say I've got to catch a plane or whatever, or I, I've come mm -hmm. in late and I've only had five hours sleep because I was out or whatever, then I'll just have a catch up one the next night. So I'll sleep for as long as I need to yeah. that next time. So when I wake up, yeah. I might have slept for nine hours or 10 hours or whatever, but I'll feel fine because I've done the catch up. Like, you know, so to catch me, up. Yeah. Yeah. somebody who's high energy, I've always had to recharge my batteries and sleep has always been a way of doing that for me. Yeah. yeah, but so, yeah, so, so, yeah. so what I believe is with my smart formula is most people do 70, 80% of it all of the time. But if they actually did the 100%, they'd be much happier. So it's the combination. Mm -hmm. It's making sure that you're getting good sleep. You're doing at least half an hour of mindfulness or meditation. You're doing great exercise, having a well-balanced meal and getting plenty of water on board. Yeah. Indeed. And then Indeed. you're doing yeah. acts of kindness, doing good for other people, which will always, yeah, which will I've always. Got, I've even got a cucumber. Yeah, I've got, I, I, I'm drinking a gallon uh, a day at the moment, eight pints a day. Um, oh, goodness me. Doing random acts of kindness and looking after people will help with the universe and helps what goes around comes around karma and all of that, yeah? yeah. Also makes you feel good, so you're actually uh, yeah. releasing endorphins, oxytocin in your brain. And goal setting um, gives you anticipation and goal achievement gives you little boosts in, 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 in hormones. So you do That's all of this. fantastic, Because I think... As they've described that, I mean, because when you first mentioned it, I, I just saw a list. But as you describe it and talk about it, I found myself, do you know what? I do, I, I do that as well. But I wasn't even aware of it. You know, the random acts of kindness. I see that in my everyday job with my clients, yeah. you know, in terms of maybe um, somebody's up, uh, concerned 
uh, about the financial yeah, market. It's like offering, offering it's advice, to them. you know, giving them uh, exactly. an introduction to someone, anything. You know, I do, I do these exactly. random acts of kindness constantly throughout the day. Yeah. Yeah. And I get, and yeah. I get, and actually, you get thanks for it as well, and appreciation adds towards your hormone. You know, because doing good for well, you feel good. You feel good that yeah. you've been able to help somebody. You know, yeah. um, but, but you know what? I've been doing that for the last twenty six yeah. years. Yeah, exactly. That's what we well, do. That, that was something that's, I've that's always done. I've, I've always helped people, so that wasn't something I had to adopt. It was just the exercise, really, and the and, and, and you know, doing yeah. that daily because I was just doing it yeah. frequently every now and then. But the rest of it, yeah. I, I just always done the goal setting, the goal achievement, the random acts of kindness, the sleeping. I wasn't doing meditation, but I was doing mindfulness. But I guarantee that that works. I guarantee I can make anyone happier. Yeah, if they're not already doing that formula, I can make anyone happier by getting them to follow that formula than they are right now. I can literally yeah. make anybody happier. Yeah, if they want to no, follow the it's, process, it's, it's guaranteed. It's scientific. It's not, it's not like mumbo-jumbo or it might work. It's scientifically proven to make you happier because they all release yeah, endorphins. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you're living proof of that. And I'm living proof of that. I, 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 in lockdown, it's probably been one of the best periods of my life because I've literally been following the happiness formula. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So, uh, oh, good. So, so, so obviously, you've got your goals. You've got your ambitions. Um, who's helping you see that through? So at the moment, uh, I'm just busy building uh, my network, you know, which is always going to help me to get to where I want. So I used to be um, a network of the year uh, at Intrabiz 2018, the first time they give the award out to their members. So wow. Um, wow. since then, I was, I've been busy networking around the UK, yeah, um, uh, in the real world. And then since lockdown, I've actually been busy networking around the world. So I've been, I've had a lot of people on my podcast from like, you know, Canada, America, you know, Texas, uh, California, Florida, wow. uh, Louisiana, um, Iowa. Um, I've had people on from Melbourne, uh, from New Zealand, from uh, um, Ghana, from South Africa, from uh, Namibia. Um, I've had people wow. on from everywhere, like, you know. So, so I, I'm on a mission to become a global speaker, which means I need to get a load of con connections globally so that when any of them hear about any speaking events or whatever, hopefully they'll, and I let people know on my podcast that I want to become a global speaker. So, um, yeah, yeah. hopefully, you know, I'll, I'll just keep working contacts and, and connections until I get to where I want to get to. Well, maybe when we um, get back to some form of face-to-face um, um, -face, um, events, um, I may look to invite you to come to one of our client events and just give a talk. Yeah, yeah. You know? Happily, I think I'll be, yeah, absolutely, because I, I believe in that diversification. You know, I can talk all day long about financial markets, investments, pensions, and all the rest. But it's just sometimes nice to have an alternative yeah. subject, you know. Um, so, yes, maybe that's well, something we can collaborate moment, on in the future. Um, yeah, at the moment, I'm doing an A to Z of series on my podcast. I'm doing the A to Z of networking, the A to Z of marketing, the A to Z of sales, the A to Z of social media, and the A to Z mm -hmm. of um, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Right, and at some right, point, right. I may well turn each one of them into a book. I'm probably going to do a networking book because I'm an award-winning networker. So why wouldn't I do a networking book, give people some tips and advice? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm also an award-winning marketeer mind and an award-winning salesperson and award-winning sales manager. You know, everything I've done, I've always won awards in, like, you know. 
because I go above and beyond. I go into that space where other people don't. That last ten percent, the extra mile. Yeah. You know, the the. I'm not interested in sixty, seventy, eighty, ninety percent. I'm interested in hundred percent or as close as I can get mm. to it. No, it's it, it, it's impressive, and uh, you know you're making me feel now uh, slightly inadequate in terms of you know I need to do more, I need to push on, I need to well, get you know, more. If I can help you push on and get it and feel like you're actually capable of doing more, you know, I was on the other day to a podcaster who does one podcast a day, and I told him my target is ten a day, ten episodes a day, and they said, oh, you're making me feel like I want to do more now, and I'm like, well, if you want to do more, do more. I don't mind. You know, I started you off. Need to get I made my podcast yeah, today. Three more clients. I said to my podcast that when I first created it, I, I called it Mike Armstrong's weekly podcast. And then I realized I had more to say than that. So I changed it to Mike Armstrong's daily podcast. And then I started doing three wow. a day because I had more to say than one a day. And now I've set myself a target of 10 a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's interesting. I mean, I, I look at my, uh, my industry and my field of expertise. I have an awful lot to say, an awful lot of information and material well, to get out there. Experience, what, you? Yeah, well, absolutely. And it's forever changing and revolving. Every year we have a budget, things change. So there's an awful lot of information to pass on there. So I think I'm perhaps doing a bit of a disservice in not passing that information on. Yeah, well, so, I'm going to create, um, I'm gonna create uh, an entrepreneur academy where I put all my content in, you know? An entrepreneur training academy that's the plan that's why i just keep creating content at some point i'm going to repurpose it reuse it in that i had a chat so the other day. Much, i was gonna say that's pretty much what dan sullivan does so yeah. to cut across you there if you're familiar yeah. with dan sullivan um oh it's just just mind-blowing just amazing yeah. Well, put, out, yeah. yeah when you think about it you think wow i know this and it's all so straightforward but why wasn't i doing it yeah, um, you need refreshes every now and then, don't you? Sometimes back to basics exactly. is the best place to go when you're in sales exactly. or in business. And when, I, when I started a course with Dan Sullivan, one of the first questions he asked, and this is why I sort of, um, you know, it, it, it sort of struck a chord with me because it's what I asked my clients. First question that he asked is, how long are you going to live? And of course, you know, everybody around the room, you know, looking at each other, looking at themselves and thinking, oh, I don't know. What's the, what's the, national uh, uh, um, sort of statistics for uh, life expectancy for a male, for a female, whatever. I think most people came around the consensus around somewhere between 80, 85, so on and so forth, yeah. yeah. And of course, then he said, like, how old are you now? So you work out your age. And then you work out, I've got this, this longevity left. Yeah. And I'll tell you what it does. It starts to focus the mind in terms of what, like yourself, what you want to achieve. And I've got, wow, I've got this to do. I've got that to do. I haven't achieved that. I haven't wow you know i've yeah. got that constraint of time when you start to look at it you know in that fashion you think yeah. wow i better get on with it i haven't got time to procrastinate I need to get on with it no that's it that's why i'm on 100 miles an hour at the moment myself is because my divorce like eight years ago it put me back to, to to not far off starting all over again like you know because not well, it focuses not the mind yeah, not only was it a divorce, but it was also, I had some issues. I myself was a bit of a, a victim in the global credit crunch because I signed up on a 6.25% mortgage for five years just when 2008 wow. started to happen before the interest rates went down. And I thought what yeah. you mentioned earlier, what happened in the 80s and then going up might happen. So I fixed on 6.25% and then everything mm -hmm. went down and then everyone else had the benefit of 
um, low mortgage payments to get them over the high increased costs, but I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so for me, all of a sudden, my my margin in 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 what things cost and what I was earning, you know, just shrunk. Like, you know, before I was left with money to live, and then I was left with no money to live. You know, because of a just. A, a bad financial decision at the time, but it wasn't a bad financial decision. It was a just a decision that went the wrong way. Could've yeah, I don't believe right in way. bad financial decisions. I believe in you know um, uh, uh, having the right decision for your circumstances at any given time. So when you did that, when you took that plan, that mortgage fixed rate, uh, some six and a half percent, it must have seemed like a great idea at that time. Yeah, well, no. I wouldn't have done it for five years. I did not. I would have just done it for two years. But Absolutely. I was thinking it could go up to whatever it does in the 80s, 40%, yeah. 12%, 15%. I won't be able so to afford it, to live in my house anymore. Exactly. So it's interesting to focus on those those motivators. Or sometimes it's fear. Sometimes, you know, like you said, you know, worry that interest rates could go back up to 18%. So having the right information at the time to get the best of what you can. And then when interest rates rates started dropping and dropping, you would have had options. And yeah, again, I, I wonder if you had any decision. I should have just held back a bit and not not rushed into it. It was it was uh, unlucky it was because I was two years into my house and the two year fixed rate or or for introductory rate or whatever was just ending, and all of this right. is going on. And I, you know, you panic, don't you? And you just think, oh well, you know, you know, I was in in quite a big house, you know, three hundred grand mm -hmm. house. You know, if yeah. interest rates had gone up double or triple, I just wouldn't have been able to afford to, to live. Like I was just trying to protect my my my, my partner and, and, yeah. and the new new baby on the way, um, my new right. my young first child and the new one on the way. Like you know, so I was under right. pressure really, to make really. a decision. Like you know. Did you get financial advice? Did you get any assistance at the time? Yeah, or were you doing off, it yourself? off my ex-father-in-law, who was a financial advisor for the Royal London for thirty odd years. Like you know. Right. 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 Okay. Oh, That's why it was, it was him that said about the interest rates in the 80s, which is why we made the decision. Had mm. had interest rates gone up like they did in the 80s and not gone down, I'd have been. You would have been laughing. Else would have been, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Worse off, <laughs> there uh, are winners. There there are winners and losers in every circumstance. Exactly. Hence why yeah. it's important. Sometimes well, it is just luck. Sometimes you just well, the right. You know, what I what I tend to say is rather than luck and you don't get me wrong luck exists there you know yeah. you might uh, have premium bonds and have a win yeah. that, that's luck it's not what you, you you know yes you had premium bonds with the hope of winning but yeah. if you actually got the jackpot then it's luck yeah. more than anything else so i believe in setting financial plans that are specific to your circumstances and that's that thing i said about reviewing that could be you made a plan at one point and then like you did with the mortgage rate, and then things change and alter, then it's a case of sitting down and saying, well, look, this was the plan that was going to sustain us through for this period. Things have changed. What are our options? What can we do? Um, and I'm not sure how much of that, you know, played a part it, with your circumstances, but I use that going forward now. So with clients, because when you invest, a lot of people invest, obviously, with the hope of building capital, building wealth. But when you invest by the sheer nature of investing, you have no idea what that future is going to be. Now, what we do have is we have past history. And you'll see in all the small print, past performance is no guide to the future. And whilst that's true, very true, it's it all we have. It can be a good indicator. 
it's an indicator. Nothing more, yeah. nothing less. I, I, I play probabilities. I play the probability games on everything. I look, I, I weigh up the odds and, and look, you know, I think that's, that's how I strategically decide to do anything is by weighing up the odds. What, what could happen if it does go right, what doesn't, etc. But at that time, you know, there was, I, it was my first real time as an adult through a big situation. It's why I, I try and help as many people as I can through this pandemic right now is because I've been there mm-hmm. and it got got the t-shirt from Absolutely. the last time and I've learned yeah. Yeah. you know what mm-hmm. you know don't rush into things and you know maybe take you know pause and take a, a breath and I'm not somebody who rushes into things anyway I play statistics what I call that abilities, but, you know I call that Mike I call that experience yeah. Yeah, yeah you've lived through your experience and gone through what you've gone through yeah. uh, and that's so important that we don't forget and that experience is what will guide us and it will affect our attitudes and decisions going forward and the more experiences we we get uh, 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 and aware of then hopefully the better decisions we can make going forward the vast majority of my clients i would say are mature um so sort of 40 plus many of them are in their 60s 70s and a few in their 80s um and what they, when we sit down, when we have our review meeting, the conversation, forget the actual financial planning, et cetera, et cetera, but the conversation and when they talk to me about their life experiences, that for me is probably the biggest benefit I gain in the job that I do yeah. because I can feed off that experience. Um, we've brought two, child, two, two, two children into this world. Got a son, 26, and a daughter, 24. Much of what I was able to impart on them is what I've learned. Uh, much of it through my clients, obviously parents, brothers, sisters, and all this, they all have an influence, don't they? But it's having that life experience. Going into my culture, um, I was born in Nigeria, came to the UK at the age of five. Um, couldn't speak a word of English when I came. And arguably, my wife will probably say, I still can't speak a word of English at times. <laughs> Depends on the situation, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> Um, but as I said, I was born in Nigeria and very, very poor. We had nothing. When I came to the UK, it's a totally different environment and we should all be exceptionally grateful for what we have in the UK, in the Western world, when you compare it to a lot of other countries. Um, but the point I'm trying to make is in my culture, there is, um, there, 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 there is uh, well, it, it's fact that we learn from our elders so when the elders or when your parents speak children will keep quiet you may say it's respect but i suppose when the way i i, I kind of rationalize it and i think back to sort of pre-modern times i suppose if you're out there uh, in the jungle or whatever if you didn't listen to your elders who've had that life experience and gone through all the dangers and all the risks, you might get eaten by a lion or whatever. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm being overdramatic here, but you get the point I'm trying to make yeah, is yeah. experience. Well, that's why the people I listen to are people like uh, Sharon Lecter, Brian Tracy, Robert Kiyosaki, Grant Cardone. They're all people who are 20 years, 30 years older than I am. Older. Yeah, yeah. And gone through that life because experience. They've got, they've got those experiences that I'm about to get into. They've already been there, done mm-hmm. it, and are, and are preaching 
preaching, you know, the, the right information for me at my time of life. That's why I say to people like in the young entrepreneurs that I like to mentor, if you like, ones in their 20s and 30s, I'm like, well, you know, they shouldn't necessarily listen to some people in their 60s, 70s because they're too far, there's too much of a gap in between. You should always be listening to the generation above, you know, above you or the next one, you know, there, but not too far uh, away. So actually, you know, for me... It has to be relevant. It yeah, has to be relevant. Yeah, exactly, because otherwise, you know, it's a long time ago to someone in their 70s was in their 20s. Like, you know, it was 50-odd years, things have changed a bit or whatever, like, no. But Grant Cardone is, is one of my big mentors. I listen to a lot of Grant Cardone. He's only 20 years older than me. So, you know, he, when he's talking about what he talks about the last 10 years, the last 15 years, it's, it's the time I'm about to enter now. So it's the right information for the right time. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, it's 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 amazing, isn't it? And that's what life is about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. But I've got another call. I have bang on at four o'clock. I'm on someone else's podcast okay. for a change, and then I think I, I, they're coming on mine as well. So it's going to be a two 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 way chat uh, on theirs first, and then on mine. So I'm going to say thank you very much for coming on my podcast. We actually um, was on longer, much longer than I normally. I think we were an hour and a half. I think. <laughs> yes, not, it is. Only 45 yeah. minutes or so, but because uh, uh, we're, we're quite new to getting to know each other, I thought let's just keep chatting because yeah. I didn't and have the time has flown. Yeah, it's, normally I only yeah, keep an hour, but I had an hour and a half anyway, so we managed to fill it anyway. So, uh, good, great. Good. Uh, no, great well, thanks for inviting me. Thanks for inviting me. And yeah, that time has just flown because we had a lot to talk about. I had a lot to gain from you, and obviously, as you said, it's the first meeting, but no, I really appreciate it. And um, I, I assume now you will uh, edit or put it on. So I just put I look it on as it is. I put it on as it is, and uh, it right. goes on the podcast. It go on the YouTube channel. I'll share it around my socials. Then I'll copy and paste the links and send it to you, so you can do with it what you want. That'd be great. That would right. be great. I look forward to that. Yeah. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Mike. All right. Thanks for you coming. Have a great on, day. All the best. And bye catch, bye. You, catch you at the next uh, meeting. Yes. Bye for now. Catch you uh, bye. Wednesday evening, I think. Cheers. That's bye. 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 Right, and there's nothing else left for me to say now other than have a great day. I know I will, and thanks very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye. This episode was brought to you in conjunction with Startup and SME Web Design Business 333 Websites, which are available at www.333websites.co.uk and Mike Armstrong's coaching, which is available at uh, mikearmstrong.me forward slash coaching. Um, There's nothing else left for me to say now other than have a great day. I know I will. And don't forget, you can do it. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers. Bye-bye.